Welcome to the Avunque Siamo Meatball and Spaghetti Artist Podcast. I'm Mike Fiorito, your host. On our show, we talk to Italian-American writers, musicians, artists, and performers to learn about what inspired them, their history, and future projects. Today, we have the honor and privilege to talk to Marianne Leone. Marianne Leone has had roles in several films, including True Love, Goodfellas. Her longest-running recurring role was on The Sopranos. Marianne Leone is also a writer. She has written Knowing Jesse and, more recently, Ma Speaks Up. Please join me in welcoming Marianne Leone to our show. Marianne, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Yes, can you hear me okay? I hear you great. I hear you okay. great. Awesome. So, uh, well, I uh, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I've been really looking forward to this. And uh, I told my mom that I was going to chat with uh, Marianne Leone from The Sopranos and Goodfellas, and she was very impressed, by the way. <laughs> well, not, you know, with the sh- not with the shit that I do, but she was very impressed. You know, my mother was not until The Sopranos. And then, you know, my mother booked numbers. She actually booked numbers right. for I, a living. Right, I read that in the book. Yeah, I read and, that, uh, I read that in So the she'd book. go around on her daily rounds, and she'd have my picture, and she'd say, you watch The Sopranos? <laughs> <laughs> well, so. you know, I just, I just completed, uh, I, I, a few days ago, I just completed reading it. And I, I have to say, I really loved it, and I, and I really related to it. Uh, you know, my mom is is American born, but but similar. You know, tough yeah. as nails. Um, I mean, you know what what made you? I know you said you wrote this because you had to give your mom voice, but why now? What what was what prompted it? I you know I guess it was she was on my mind a lot. Um, I I hadn't you know I had lost my son and I'd lost my mother six months before that and Mm -hmm. I don't think I really had a chance to miss her and mourn her because the cataclysmic event of losing Jesse just over overshadowed everything every sure yeah and after I had written the book about Jess and after you know I had done the book tour and I had I had gone to Solmona I had gone to my mother's um you know, town where she grew up in Italy with my sister uh, two years after losing Jess and two and a half years after losing my mom. I think it was after I was at her, you know, saw where she grew up, saw the mm-hmm. farm where she, you know, was raised, that I, I felt like more and more imbued with the idea of, of writing about her. Also, she was a character. She was a, you know, yeah. this is where acting and writing dovetails. She, there's been a little bit of my mother in every character I've ever played, and yes. and you just these characters draw you in. You feel like you have to give voice to them because they're so larger than life. I mean, I have friends who still quote her, you know, fifteen <laughs> years after she's gone, you know. So, yeah. Well, she had. I mean, I could see she's a superhero. I mean, the way you describe her. This uh, this woman who could take hot pans out of the oven, <laughs> can eat dough into shape, uh, like, you know, big clumps of dough into linguine. 
Um, right. Definitely. Uh, and, and just in general, you know, I, I see you, 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 there's a lot of veneration and you, you're, you're open. You, Even you, though, you know, like I say, growing up, we did yeah. not get along. I mean, right. I was, I really, like I say, I wanted Donna Reed instead of Anna Mignani. And um, I wanted an American mother. And I, I, you know, I just, I wanted her to be like every, but every other mom, you know. And, yeah. uh, sure, sure. And uh, she was so different. And I only started to appreciate it, quite frankly, after I started, you know, heading toward acting as a profession because I had a lot to draw on. And if I'd been in this white bread American family, I don't know if I would. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Right. Yeah, but you, you, I, I bet you see, well, let me just ask you, do you see Ma in you? I do. I see there are places where we are, <laughs> you know, the same. I, I really do. And, uh, I mean, this is aside from the fact that I can do her, <laughs> you right, know, and I insisted right. on doing the audio book because I, I knew that no one else would get her weird Solmanese uh, Boston yeah. accent correct. So, Marianne, Marianne. Yeah, yeah, Marianne, yeah. And, so. and you, you do speak Italian, right? You're fluent in Italian. Well, I, mean, I wouldn't call myself fluent. I would say that yeah. I, I assiduously applied myself after my first book, Jesse, um, was uh, picked up by an Italian publisher, Nutrimenti, and then they submitted it to the Festival Letteratura in Mantua, mm. which is a big deal. And they said they would take me on a book tour after that. And I, they don't speak English, the, the publishers. So right. <laughs> I thought I I want to read I want to read a paragraph from my book in Italian. You know, so I really worked hard on, but the Italian I learned, believe me, was very different from the Italian right. I heard coming up. And I'm sure you heard the same, you know, yeah. kind of uh, well, they dialect spoke, from the Mezzogiorno. Yeah. They spoke, my, my grandparents spoke, so we couldn't understand them. So they exactly. spoke Italian. And I mean, it's very, you feel schizophrenic. I, I studied <laughs> Italian in school. I go to school, I come home, I talk to my grandfather, and I say something. He says something back, and then he says, you know, il professore, Michele Scuderi. Because you spoke Alt Italia, because he right. spoke, yeah. yeah, perfect Italian. You know, it's funny. I have a friend who's, uh, he wrote the preface to Jesse, to the, my first book in Italian. He's an Italian director and novelist. What's and his name? Uh, he sent me, he said, hey, I was recently a judge on, um, you know, on this jury for a film festival, and here's a short film I'm going to send you. It's in Sicilian with Italian subtitles. How do you like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well, it's it's like a lot of the the this the uh, what's the Terra Trema. So the film uh, uh the Visconti film, it, yeah. it's in it has Sicilian actors, but Italians needed to have uh right. they can understand it. The same with Elena Ferrante when they did My Brilliant Friend on HBO. And I thought it was so great because they really honored the fact that it was dialect. I love that dialect. It's so juicy. So yeah. they they basically, um, you know, uh, it, was in, it was shown with subtitles in Italy, which is interesting, you know, in right. Italy. So that right. was very cool. I, I used I told my mom some of your phrases like which I I've heard Metzola Gauche, 
but she knew it as something different. Like some of these phrases, because this this is so yes, because the other who say the dialect would be different from right, right. From Sicilian. I mean, Sicilian is really different. I mean, they have that D thing where they say bed for instead of bella. Yeah. Right, right, right. Beda. Right. Right. right, yeah. And my mother's uh, Lagosh, I didn't realize that I thought she was saying legs, and I thought gamba is leg, but she meant thigh. Right, it's thigh, which is even more. There's something even more. Oh my God! (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, no. It's it's funny because all those things, like I'm sure you heard, and they're filthy. And then when you hear, like you you people said that all the time, you know. (laughs) I know. And also, my mother's name for me was Miss Prim, which used to drive me insane. <laughs> but I was Miss Prim. I was Miss Prim. Funny. I was. I wanted. I looked down on her vulgarity, which now right. I really appreciate. But at the time, I was like, oh God. I just and the nuns instilled in me that thing too, because they were very disapproving of. The, what they saw as the rampant sensuality of the Italians and the fact that the girls <laughs> developed early, not me, but everybody else. And, um, right, right. You know, so, I mean, you they... Stockholm syndrome. You yeah, Stockholm I totally syndrome, had that. I, yeah. I totally had that. I believed everything they told me, which, you know, I mean, they use POW techniques, so why wouldn't you, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I had my, I have, I've got my ass whipped a few times, uh, uh, by the brothers, I went to Catholic school, so oh. I, I can I can relate. No, um, they didn't. They didn't. Um, there was one. There was a nun that was hitting my little five-year-old hands, which were probably the size of baby starfish, with a, <laughs> a ruler, and no one hit me at home. So I I don't remember even telling my parents the nun is hitting me with a ruler because I was <laughs> I was taking piano lessons. And basically, I never told them, but I started clearing my throat and blinking my eyes all the time. And my mother was like, what's the matter with you? you know, but, <laughs> but all I remember is it went from the nun hitting me with a ruler to some nightclub guy and them getting a stand-up piano that was in my father's rec room. And now suddenly I'm singing <laughs> torch songs like a... <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So you're a singer, too. So you sing. Well... I mean, not professionally, but yeah, yeah I, I do remember like going to little recitals and singing like inappropriate songs like Man of My Heart, I Love You So at five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My parents probably thought it was cute. Who knows? You know? Right. And they, you know, maybe they didn't understand it enough to... Well, well, my dad right. did. My father, father, right. my father was right. much more Americanized than my mother. My, even though my dad was born there, he came here at age 10. So right. he didn't have an accent. He did, you know what I mean? He, yeah. he, was much, he was much more Americanized than my mother. My mother had a very strong accent. and I guess the later you come, the harder it is to lose it, you know? So Yeah, at 10, you're still kind of a kid. You know, you, yeah. you kind of melt it, you blend in yeah, and, and, and exactly. all of that. I mean, exactly. you, and I, you know, he was, he was also, you know, he's a big reader. The house was filled with books. I really worshipped yeah. him for that. Yeah. You know, whereas my mother did not like that I read. She was afraid that, like, I would never be normal because I read too much. Right. Yeah. Well, there's that thing in the Southern Italian. Uh, I, I like yeah. what you you talk about. Statismo. Uh, uh, and uh, you know, I think that's something that runs throughout. Um, it runs throughout 
uh, you know, was a culture that's, that many people are kept down in, in poverty. And, I mean, that's why they came here. And, yes. and it's interesting because they kept a lot of that, some of them kept, they were poor, they were illiterate. My grandparents were, you know, they were hardly literate. Yes. And yes. Uh, I'm sure they kept a lot of, well, you go to school, but the, you go, yeah. you study your homework, uh, you, yeah. you know, it's like you don't go to learn philosophy. What, what's yeah. that, you know? Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and imagine telling your parents you're going into the arts. That's yeah. Like, yeah. That's like, no. You know, right. we, we didn't starve to come over here so you could, like, be an artist. Right. That's the children of nobles. <laughs> the exactly. nobles get to do that, you know? So, yeah. I, I Except that my my father was self-taught. I mean, he was reading Tolstoy when he died. He was, mm. you know, there were books all over the house. So his side of it, you know, he really, he was into it. And my grandfather read too, even though he never really spoke English, you know? Yeah. You know, well, I mean, so, do you consider yourself more, you know, I, and I know it's a silly question. I mean, I, I write, I play music, I, I do other things. But, like, what what do you feel is what's your... What's your essence? You know, where do you flourish? Where, what do you think? I like I, I I equally love writing and acting. I have to say, but writing, you have a little more control over writing in that. Mm, true. You know, I mean, with acting, it's like you you're waiting for someone to give you a, a role, and you, it's right. within the confines of the way you look and the way you know what I mean. It's yeah, sure. It's and and it relies on other people. Even writing screenplay, which I've done. It's it's so much more of a you know collaborative thing with a group of people. Whereas writing books, I you know I had written and sold screenplay before I sold my first book, and when Simon and Schuster bought Jesse, um, I came back and said to my husband, "Oh my God, the meeting was incredible. It was mostly women, and I didn't have to dumb down anything I said." Right, right, and uh, so. You know, I mean, I was used to answering to uh, – you know, like you submit a draft of a screenplay, and there's like – there are notes from a bevy of basically 20-somethings who are questioning everything that you've written. Right. So right. that's not happening with a book. I mean, it was amazing to me. It was so respectful and different. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. And you're a very good writer. And uh, oh, I mean, how, so how did you? Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed your book. I let me say that. And also, oh, it's funny. Your writing reminds me. My brother writes poetry. His name is Michael too. And yeah. uh, <laughs> my brother's crazy funny poems remind me of your. It's like filled with just exuberance. You know, mm. <laughs> which I really loved. Well, really thank you, thank it. you. I'm I'm a poet. I'm you know. Yeah, well, my uh, yeah, my brother is too, and he writes could, about the same topics. You know. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Oh. I could see you know uh, your I could see a lot of the the acting scenes. You know, you they're very vivid. Yeah. I mean, there's. Do you think the, the has has the acting? I mean, I guess they fed yeah. into each yeah. other. They and, helped each other. Absolutely, and writing screenplay also. It's I feel very confident in the dialogue part, you know, and in creating a scene that way, creating a character. Because even when you're writing nonfiction, you're creating a scene, right? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's got to work that way. And uh, yeah. I do feel I do feel that writing screenplay 
um, was a good preparation in some sense in that <laughs> I, I realize I write much more sparingly because of that, because in screenplay, one scene leads directly to another. You can't wander off down the path just wondering about something. You know, you've got to move right. along. Right. So I think that's why my books are short. <laughs> but I, I had a writing teacher. He used to say, so his name is William Packard, and he was kind of, he's kind of known. Uh, he was a poetry uh-huh. teacher. And he would always say, you know, when, when you write something, you just get the hell out. Just yeah. while it's good, get out, man. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you because, know. <laughs> and, you know, do you know Eddie Junta? Um, she's oh, a yes. wonderful, yes. She, she's yes. a writer and a teacher. She started this 100-word um, writing prompt thing that I've been doing for a couple of years with her and Annabella Sciorra and, and um, her sister Claudia. And uh, I thought that has been wonderful. That's like you write only a hundred words. It's once a week. Someone starts yeah. it and you just take off from something that it inspires in you. Right. Right. But so, it has to be a hundred words, hundred words. Yeah. It really taught me a lot about overwriting, you know? Right. Right. And yeah. I thought it was oh, just a wonderful writing prompt, you know? Yeah. Um, Anything, so, like, there are a number of different kinds, like under a thousand words or, you know, write haiku. You, right. you know, the, uh, Hemingway wrote the best six-word story. Yes, ever. yes. Baby shoes uh, for sale never used. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, it's possible, and it, and it does, it brings out something. It forces, it squeezes different creativity and it does, um, and it forces you to look at your own writing and see where your flaws are. And mm. I just found it very, very helpful. And it's cl- I do think that memoir is closest to poetry in many ways. I think memoir is very close to poetry. And I, yeah. I do what – I I have a really good friend and who has been very generous to me, and that's Andre Debuse, the writer. You know him, right? He wrote yes. House of Santa Fog. And he um, – he told me he always reads poetry before he writes, and I do too. Mm. And uh, it's just a great jumping-off place, I find. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of. I I feel, and I could see it in your writing. You to write um, to write your own your own sentence to put things your own way. You have to kind of beat the poetry out of it. You you can't right. just. Uh, you can't just say it like anyone else. And that's, that's a, you know, I mean, that's where to become a very good writer, you have to get to the point where you can do that in a way that's convincing and yes. it's, uh, it's believable, it's relatable, it has emotion. But on the, on the other hand, too, we were taught as actors that the worst thing you could do as an actor was become self-conscious. Like, mm. if your attention is only on yourself, yeah. if you become self-conscious about your writing – it's not going to be good. You know, then it becomes too structured, too careful, too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I I have this muse I call Abigail Thomas. Have you ever read any of her stuff? She wrote this great book called Free Dog Life. And uh, I remember when I was writing Jesse, I would go back, whenever I started getting too much in my head, I would go back and reread Three Dog Life because she was doing what I was doing because I was writing nonlinear you know, it wasn't because life doesn't have an arc, you know. Right, so, right. I was yeah. writing nonlinear, and 
whenever I felt like I was too much in my head, I went back and read her because she has this wonderful direct style of writing. And she's writing about something that is ostensibly tragic, but she also manages to be funny. Right. Which people have told me that I could do too. And I just, you know, I wanted to honor, for example, when I wrote about my son, the fact that he was always the first person to get the joke at the table, you know, so, um, so I went there. So, yeah, I'm, but I, I will tell you the events of today, I mean, by that, I mean, what's happening in the news has been, oh my God, I am not writing that well because I'm, I'm in the middle of a book about these rescue dogs that I have. Right. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to write about how it's about rediscovering joy after great loss. We lost Mm. our son. These guys, I've had them for 13 years. When I got them, they were in a puppy mill. They were abused horribly. Mm. Um, They basically, you couldn't touch them without them cringing, you know? So it's about our mutual, (laughs) you know, return to the world. So, but, so this is a book you're working on now, right? Yes, so I'm halfway through book. it. Oh, yes. wow. Awesome. But I said to my husband, I am not rediscovering joy right now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, it is really hard to keep uh, oh. to keep a sense of buoyancy. I mean, and the, the news gets worse and worse. It just, well, it's, why I appreciate you, Mike, is because I read your stories and I, I, I have – I had written a coming-of-age novel, which I have now reconstructed into connected short stories. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did that is because my agent went out with it and kept being asked if it was YA, which drives me insane because it's not YA. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and, you know, a couple of those stories have been published uh, in O Vanquaisiamo. Yeah, yeah. And and one was in Solstice and one is coming up in Post Road Literary Magazine. And... I am enjoying writing fiction now because it's just easier to be in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Than to and, be here now. Yeah, and you know so. and the the distance, you get that distance and there's uh yeah. I, I I'm I'm interested in trying to recreate something that's gone. And there's the period yeah. of growing up like what was a guido because it <laughs> it doesn't quite mean the same thing anymore. So I I know what you mean. And oh uh, my God, the minute I saw that, I loved it because of course that's that's what I heard too. Coming. I mean, up. I've gotten all kinds of shit for that too. So you know, Have it's you? gone both ways. Oh yeah, some people. I mean, people that probably in the community that we know, in uh-huh. terms of Ovunque Siamo and writers, um, and then random people that I've gotten notes and uh, people were insulted really and i and then i at least they gave me the opportunity to explain why uh-huh. um so it's uh uh you know it, it's uh i did it to be to instigate but also uh i i you read the book so you know yeah, yeah. You, you know you know where i'm going well but, you're uh, not you're not dumping on your own background you're just illuminating right. it you know yeah. and that's how i felt too it's like i am illuminating where I came up and yeah, there were wise guys and yeah, there were, you know what I mean? But sure, sure. it was a warm community where I came up. It was the lake. This, I mean, it's so funny the way Italians all settle in one. Everybody was yeah. from this one village, San Donato, Valdi Comino. It was like yeah. amazing. Except yeah. for my mother was the outlier, you know, from Solmona, but it was just Irish and Italian. That's all it was. And a few French Canadians, you know, that was it. I think Queens was more diverse, right? 
when you came up? Yeah, yeah Queens, you know, I remember you taught, you have the lake talk and you have your own language. Yep. Uh, <laughs> mush, was it Mush was one yeah, of the words? Yeah, Mush and Divya. You yeah, know who, yeah. who knows that is that guy who played Joey on Friends there. What, what's his name there? And uh, he's from the lake. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Queens He's been on late night talk shows using Lake Talk. So oh, really? I'd never heard that term. I'd never heard yeah. that term. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, think Queens... it's from Romanese. I think it's from Carney people that came. I think that's what it is. It's certainly it's not Italian. You know, I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah, it's just it's very insular. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody knows everybody else, and I personally had to get out of there. My sister has embraced it fully, and just loves living in the thick of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, look, I, I left Queens and I'm, I moved to Brooklyn, you know, but yeah. the Brooklyn I live in is very different than the Brooklyn. Yes, it I is. Live. I'm sure. Yeah. So completely the, the, all, all of the boroughs and, and just as parts of, uh, you know, areas around Boston that used to be maybe a little oh, rough and tumble. Including but, the lake. The lake is now because it's only seven miles outside of Boston. I mean, it's getting yeah. gentrified incredibly, you know, so. No, it's like yeah. I live, it's where my mom lives, Long Island City. I mean, that was industrial. It was factories. Yeah. It was prostitutes and drug addicts. And now it's a destination. And it's probably the second, it, it's the second biggest skyline. You know, it's not, it's, it's to Manhattan. It's not in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. It's not in the Bronx. Definitely I know it because that's where the Sopranos shot. I used to yeah. go there. To, yeah, the, they shot in, that, in Long Island City. Yeah, it was at oh, that okay. um, oh, that Cal former Canada bread Astoria. factory. Right, right, right. There's the Wonder Bread Studio. I, I, is it Silver Cup? That's what it is. Silver Cup, right? Silver yeah, Cup. I used to see yeah. that all the time growing up, and we would yeah. hang out and do. <laughs> yeah, that's where they shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Except funny, for the right? few times they went on location, you know, we went, and that was out in Caldwell, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. You know. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Fun. That's funny. Like the places that, you know, we, you know, the lake, uh, Long Island City with its factories where we used to do, you know, we would hang out and take drugs and drink. Uh-huh. And and now I went to a, a friend's birthday party across the street from Calvin Astoria Studios. It uh-huh. was fantastic. It looked like yeah. Fifth Avenue, you know. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recognize Brooklyn because when I lived in, in the city and we lived there for 17 years, we basically lived in um, Hell's Kitchen in a six floor walk up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was in the best shape of my life. And you know, there's a mini little Italy around there too on ninth Avenue where there were still stores and everything there when, when we were there. Yeah. But of course, Hell's Kitchen was. Oh, I mean. That's Hell's Kitchen, yeah. yeah. Now it's so, like it's you know French restaurants and spectacular yeah. and beautiful bars yeah. and and banks yeah. on every corner. <laughs> so amazing, yeah. 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 So what what I know you're working on a book. What's uh, what do you want to tell the world about? You know before uh, before we wrap it up and I let you go back to your life. Uh, what <laughs> what does Marianne Leone have to tell the world and that's new and that's up and coming and that you're really excited about? Oh, my. Well, I mean, I am really excited that I'm almost finished with this book of short stories about the, uh, called Christina the Astonishing. And here's the thing. Um, 
it is about a little girl who wanted to be a saint, which I wanted to be a saint. (laughs) And I will say that if you enjoyed Ma Speaks Up, I have to say it's not laziness on my part, but the mother in this, I just, I did use my mother because come on, she's a great character, you know, and I hadn't finished really uh, telling about her. So there you go. You know, I just wrote a story about, uh, of course, based on when I was in school and I did this absurd play when I was, in college, and my mother came, and uh, I used a quote of hers that uh, just came in. It was so beautiful for the story. You know what I mean? She's she's a never-ending yeah. source. So, right. <laughs> just like I'm sure your characters are for you. Yeah. I mean, even when it's not my mom, right, it's the character I draw from her. I, there's some similarities, the bony hands, the kind of really strong claw-like you know, well, uh, you read you read that um, recommendation I sent you for Mario Puzo's book, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. He said that my father was his mother. <laughs> right. Right. And I didn't I didn't know that. And but I am reading uh, uh, the Fortune of Pilgrim, which is very good. It's different. It's very different. Yeah, from, it's beautiful. I find it very moving that book. Very moving. I love Lucia Santa. You know, they made yeah. they did that as a series years ago with Sophia Loren as Lucia Santa really? and Annabella wow. played um Annabella Sciorra played wow. um Yeah. This is years ago. I don't know if it's available now. You know what I mean? If you could get yeah. it but Where have I been? Reisha. And hmm? it, it is interesting, it's like where have I been? I uh, you know, I I remember my father and mother read every Puzo book and I yeah. started to read The Godfather and frankly I I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, um, yeah. I get it. I get it. I, this is much more of a, this is a classic work, what he did. Yeah. This is a literary work. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it ties a little bit more to uh, to just Sicilian literature, which I've been reading a ton about. And, you know, I'm working yes, on something. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll get, I'm going to put something out there. It's, taking me a bit because I'm trying to make it composite. So cover a lot of ground and all Uh of these great writers that really aren't well-read, you would love. Uh Uh, Maria Messina. I mean, it's just beautiful, uh, amazing translations and powerful stories. Uh, Dark, not not really funny, but... (laughs) Why um, am I not shocked? I'm, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I'm reading Natalia Ginsburg right now. I'm reading a book, uh, a short story called La Madre, and mm. I'm testing my fading uh, language Italian because it has the Italian on one page and the English on the other. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to read it in Italian and then giving up, you know, easily. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, I mean, my, my Italian so bad between the schizophrenic things I heard growing up and then I mean, right. I can I can kind of battle my way through some stuff, but I need a little I need I need some time to get comfortable and to hear things, let my brain acclimate. You're you're probably Have you been there? Have you been over? Yeah, yeah. We went to, well, we went to the town my father's family is from, Sala Consolina, which is um, is uh, outside of Naples, uh-huh. and um, Naples. it was beautiful. It was amazing. Great trip, and it's not far from Eboli. Like you're. You see signs to Eboli, so it, it made me think, you know, and you've read Christ Stop uh, yeah. at Eboli. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you, you think, oh, you know, it just it made my heart feel heavy. This, no wonder why these people left, you know, this is, oh, yeah. this was the edge of civilization, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but it was actually beautiful, a beautiful town. There was a, I think a, a Fiat factory. And so, you know, there was disposable cash and uh-huh. I guess, uh, you know, the people had nice stores. There were confection stores and hat mm-hmm. stores and it wasn't the dusty, you know, right. Uh, I was that expecting your left. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. This was something, you know, that you would like to go, you <laughs> You, yeah. you wouldn't leave yeah. that. My mother's yeah, my that. mother's town is like that. I mean, there are aqueducts, there's yeah. a cathedral. They're famous for confetti, you know, the um, almonds yeah. with candy that they give at weddings. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but my father's town, it's beautiful, but it's kind of deserted. It reminds me of like a mountain village like West Virginia or something where everybody, yeah. the young people have gone. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that. yeah. So I guess Those it. are like the places that all of those uh, – Trump voters left to come to New York, and now they're not voting in Virginia. Right. You know, just to right. get to back to what you said. But you saw what I said today, uh, or the other day. I said uh, the whistleblowers will soon need a horn section. So I, that's how I deal with it, Marianne. Is I, I try to make it. I try to find critique it with humor, because yes, I hear you. I hear you. You're that's all I need because. I've written enough rage essays for there to be an entire <laughs> folder called rage essays on my desktop. So <laughs> I hope to read it someday. <laughs> I really do. And um, I'm really looking forward to meeting you. Uh, yes. You know, I'm, I'll be in Boston uh, next week and I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. And I, and I really appreciate your making the time. Uh, I knew when I first talked to you that, you know, we would, uh, we would, it's easy for us to talk and it's good. Yes, it's been yes, really a pleasure. <laughs> and to get into your mind with your book. And I do look forward to reading your other works as well. So, Thank you uh, very much, Mike. I look very forward to hearing you read and meeting you in person. Thank you and have a great night. Thanks. Bye, Thanks Marianne. a lot. Take care. Bye bye.